Well, good evening, everybody. What a night it was in Winnipeg on Thursday. What a game, what a finish, what a wait to get there. What a way to start a new season. The Eskimos in a long, long evening slash morning with a uh, 33-30 win over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Winnipeg to talk about that and look ahead a little bit to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, we welcome in once again Jason Moss. How are you, Jason? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, you uh, have probably talked an awful lot about that game everywhere you have been since you left Winnipeg on uh, early Friday. Friday morning, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely been a popular topic, uh, talking to fa- friends and family and uh, obviously even throughout our team. So it was something that's obviously never been done in the CFL, the longest game in continuous history. So to be a part of that was pretty special. To get a win was icing on the cake. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, we're in the booth, so it wasn't too bad for us. Down on the field, how bad was it? How how much lightning did you see? How close did you feel it was? Did you ever feel you were in danger? Yeah, I felt like it was in danger. Yeah. I thought, you know, it was definitely around us. I think that's why they called it two times. You know, I mean, uh, it's not something you want to mess around with. I thought... Um, both calls were, were good. I mean, we needed to get off the field, and I think later in the in the the period of time we were in the locker room when they show what was ha- really happening on the field, you could see that it was close enough to, to make an impact if we had stayed out there. So, um, you know, I'm on the old school with Ronnie Lancaster. Once you see it, you may as well get inside. So I think, uh, you know, we obviously were inside for a reason. Uh, safety first, absolutely. Uh, it looks like everything worked out well. You guys, you guys had the food you needed. You you did what you had to do. Tell me about the atmosphere and what was happening in the dressing room during those two breaks. Well, I, I, at first, I mean, there's uncertainty at first because you don't know. I mean, you hear different reports. One's 30 minutes, one's 55 minutes. You know, we hear a crackle and they say you're going to be out there in five minutes, and it's like really we're going to be out there in five minutes. We just heard one go by, so um, it's just uncertainty at that point. But you know. Both of them were different. I mean, I think we did a walkthrough on one of them, so we let our guys rest as much as possible. We had, um, you know, our recovery things there from Kyle, uh, food there, so guys ate, guys relaxed, did what they needed to do, but then we got some work in, doing some walkthroughs of the plays we were going to operate when we went back out there. That first intermission went by, and we didn't play all that well coming out of it, so we decided to scrap that and went back out the second time just free-spirited, and, you know, um, we just went out there and warmed up, did a little bit more football stuff on the field and then I thought played better but uh, at the end of the day I mean everybody did a little something different but that definitely there was food there was definitely relaxing um, there was recovery stuff from like I said our human performance uh, part of our team and I thought they did a great job getting keeping our guys focused and at the end of the day I mean you know nobody was sure if we were going to keep playing I mean mm-hmm. it was it was pretty close to um, to where it was going to be so delayed that it was getting to where it was going to harm the players uh, efforts out there and I think there was talks of that too so you know we weren't sure but once we kind of figured out we were going back out for the second or third time um, guys just got focused and said we'll just play as long as we can play and from there we'll not worry about it it's not often you get the game-winning field goal kicked at about 115 in the morning or so so no it was like I said it was something I think we got in the locker room it was 120 120 when I was bringing up the guys and after we did our prayer and, uh, and and talked about the game briefly and I really wanted to do that quickly so we could get get on with our flight and get home. We didn't get home until 5.45, 6 in the morning and luckily for us we have a long week and we have the day off the next day but uh, it was definitely a long night. Yeah, it happened in the right part of the schedule for sure because like you say you have the, have the long week. Did you change anything? Any kind of schedule for the last couple of days or this week because of... No, the way we have things worked out, we had a day off. The next day we come in and do our rundown. We changed kind of how our rundown was going to be. We, we didn't do as much. We did more recovery stuff than just really running the guys hard. 
um, because their sleep is the most important thing and their rest was the most important thing. Um, we were off the next day for Father's Day, and then the following day we had our meeting. Today we had our meetings and stuff. So um, the players had a really good schedule. As long as they took care of themselves, um, you know, getting a lot of guys I talked to, you know, it was hard to come home at 5.45 and go to sleep. I mean, yeah. so, you know, a lot of them stayed up and, and did some stuff and maybe took a nap during the day. But your circadian rhythm, as they say, is a little messed up at that point, and you need time. To, to get it back and I, I think time and re relaxation and rest is what the guys needed and I think they took advantage of it because today our practices were sharp um, our meetings were good um, and I think it's only going to get better as the week goes on now all right. Uh, off the field, everything went well with the breaks and everything. Uh, the result obviously was good. Tell me about the game in, in your mind. Uh, is it tough to get a, a gauge on how you played because it was broken up so much? Um, yeah, I mean, I thought we, you know, there was good and bad in all of it. Um, more good than bad, obviously. Um, you know, we weathered the storm. I mean, literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and yeah, figuratively. I mean, yeah, I mean. They get the, you know, we go down, you know, right before the half, the whatever you want to call the half, um, you know, and go for that field goal and, and miss it, and they return it. That could have been a devastating blow. Um, but I thought our guys did a great job of regrouping and coming back and making plays. I, the whole game played out to me the last, for us, the way it played out, the last five minutes of the game, we're down eight, and to go on a 15-play drive offensively, score a touchdown, get a two-point conversion, stop them in a three and out with hardly any time come off the clock, run a four-play drive and kick a 44-yard field goal to end it was incredible. So, I mean, I, if I remember anything about that game other than maybe, you know, um, we had the injuries we had and guys playing through those injuries, guys grinding through, you know, get us getting down to 4D linemen to finish the game, pretty much the second half of the game. We played with 4D linemen, and they played the whole entire second mm -hmm. half. Um, to be able to do that, to have Darrell's long, you know, touchdown, you don't see that very much in history. Yeah. Um, you know, have Bahar make that great two-point catch. There was lots of plays in and out, but what I'll remember most is all three phases doing the job at the end of that game at 1 o'clock, 1.15 in the morning. <laughs> to be able to concentrate after all that was going on with all that pressure being down eight points on the road with every excuse in the book to pack it in for our team to to basically come out come away with a victory the way they did i mean speaks volumes and i'll never forget it obviously it'll go down in history as a historical game in the cfl but for us in that locker room i don't think anybody will forget the ending 11 points in the last two minutes and and as you say everything it was like clockwork you did everything i, mean, I know you prepare for these situations and you practice for them but it worked to a t yeah it was awesome i mean i like i said i give the guys a ton of credit on all three phases because we needed it um badly uh to turn things around and like i said it, it's not very often you get on a 15 play drive and we did that and then for our defense with a minute 30 to go or whatever to stop I mean, we got the ball back with over a minute i mean to to for them to step up and be that strong when it, we needed them the most and then again we return it uh we get a four play quick four play drive and then kick a whitey kicks a field goal with a great operation kinger coming back his first game you know danny holding for us it was a great hold a great snap and a great kick to end it and i think that just um epitomizes what we were about and you start the season one and all with the win in winnipeg over the blue bombers um 
You, you touched on the 101-yard touchdown uh, uh, pass and run combo with uh, Jarrell Walker. You had a 108-yarder last year with Vidal Hazelton. What's your approach to those kind of plays? You really seem uh, uh, aggressive and uh, obviously, uh, I don't know if afraid's the word, but you're not afraid to, to gamble in those situations yeah. because those plays can go wrong a lot, Yeah, too. I mean, we've had three 100-yard, I think, receptions in the last three years here, which doesn't, like I said, doesn't happen very often. Um, you know, you can have different mindsets when you're back there. I mean, the first year I was here, we had a 100-yarder, but we also gave up four or five safeties. You know, we made some big plays, and we took some big plays. Last year, we were more conservative, still had the 108-yarder, but we very rarely were backed up, and when we were, we got out of it a lot by being more conservative. Um, you know, I, I, you know, you watch the film, you see how a defense wants to play people back there. Um, we call plays that we feel like are going to be successful. Um, you know, you always believe in the plays you call uh we have a quarterback in an old line that i know can hold up and a quarterback's not afraid to sit back there and, and throw a ball you know and and that's a good combination to have and i think we have dangerous receivers when they get get on top of people so um you know we're not afraid to do anything on our on our football team and uh we prepare and we look at things a certain way and um depending on how the defense plays us the ball gets thrown and if it doesn't they don't play it a certain way it doesn't get thrown so we don't try forcing things back there just seems to happen that way i got to do some research into the numbers uh, but uh, another come from behind win and and a drive by mike riley we're just getting used to this I, I know we, we talk about it, and, and I want to kind of make sure, from my perspective, you don't get used to it because it's a pretty special happening, and, and he's a pretty special player. And I think that uh, we just see it, you know, week in and week out from him. Just uh, just an incredible person. Yeah, I mean, it d- takes 11 other guys, and it takes 44 to win a game. Um, but no question, when a quarterback's put in those situations, they either do it or they don't, and Mike Riley can do it. And I think all of us on our team know if we give him a chance at the end to have the ball in his hand uh, to go down a field, and drive more often than not it's going to be good things happening so um, that's just the faith we have in our football team faith we have in him um, and he's and it's because of proof I mean he's done it year in and year out for the three years I've been here I don't know how many it is that he's done but uh, it's quite a few it was seven last year I know for a fact and then this year one for one and I know in the, the first year we were here together it was more so um, the guy just has a knack for it he has a knack for playing big at pressure moments when it matters the most he's able to to adjust to think clearly, to operate with n- no uh, cause for panic. Uh, I think he's aggressive when he needs to be. He makes good decisions. Um, he just sees the game very clearly at that point. But again, it, it's not only him doing it. It's the other 11 guys yeah. around him doing their jobs at the opportune times. He just gets the credit for it because you're the quarterback. But it takes the 11 other guys for him to throw it, catch it, uh, stand in that pocket with the old line and running backs blocking for him. But no question that that leader aspect, that innate ability that when you look at someone you have confidence I think our whole group our whole team has confidence when 13 is back there that we're going to do it I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit but Nate Bahar on our post game show Friday morning I guess it was said something along the lines of just being in the huddle with him I feel like I'm a better player just being in the huddle yeah. with him and that it just way he rubs off on everybody no there's incredible. no question he exudes confidence I mean he's a uh, I, I, he prepares. If, if people could just watch him prepare and watch him think and in a classroom and listen to the questions he asks and when we watch film together, what he sees and digests, um, you know, when we run routes in practice, how he throws it and then how we talk about it and review it. And then in the course of a game, when he gets to watch, the, look at the iPad now, 
I mean, he sees the game so clear. I think the game is definitely slowing down for him. Um, and he just he has that innate ability. I think, like you, like you said it best, I mean, people around him feel more confident because he's there. Um, and the great ones have that feeling, exude that. And I think you it rubs off on your whole team. I think that's part of the reason you say, you know, you always have a better chance when your starter's in the lineup. But there's a reason he's a starter. There's a reason he was the MOP last year. Uh, it's not by fluke. It's not by circum. Uh, it's not by chance. It's he's earned that right, and he's proved it week in and week out in his entire career starting. Yeah, and 408 yards in passing in a game where it poured rain for most of it and the conditions were horrible. Uh, certainly uh, certainly earned everything he's given, no doubt about that. A uh, couple of moves by the Eskimos today. We'll uh, talk about that with the coach when we return. It's the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss for Michener, Allen Auctioneering. My name's Morley Scott. It's 745. More football when we come back. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Moss and Morley. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price on Eskimos Radio. 6.30 Chad. Uh, we're back on the Eskimos Coaches Show with Eskimos head coach uh, Jason Moss. Uh, Jason, you made a couple of moves today. Uh, you brought in, uh, I mean, a pretty good offensive lineman. Travis Bond was a CFL All-Star a couple of years ago, played last year with uh, Winnipeg, uh, two years with the Bombers, released by the uh, Riders at the end of training camp, uh, believed to be all financial reasons with the rest of their uh, guys that got released. But, I mean, that's uh, that's a pretty big pickup today and big in more ways than one. Yeah, no, he's definitely a guy that uh, in free agency we're looking at. Uh, um, you know, we talked about anyways because you know what the talent he is. We just know he's an inside interior player, and we were looking for more for tackles outside. Um, you know, but he is definitely a talent. He's a big man. He's athletic. Um, he's physical. So he's going to definitely add something to our offense. Um, you know, and you know, we're we're excited to have him. Is uh, two part question: Is he going to be able to step in this week? And uh, he's a guard. Uh, how does that change yeah, your mean, whole thinking? Exactly. Philosophy? I mean, we're we're going to take it somewhat slow with him, see what he digests. I mean, today he had a good day, but we'd had hardly any plays in, and uh, we didn't run very many. But he looked didn't look out of place. Uh, he definitely moved his feet well. Uh, you know, he didn't go. He didn't go misdirection or jump off sides, which you'd think if you're thinking a lot, you might do it or take missteps. He looked pretty comfortable in there. Um, you know, so we'll see how he progresses during the week, whether he plays or not. You know, we have Kelvin Palmer back that we had in training camp that we feel very comfortable with. It was neck and neck with Tommy uh, all camp, and then we went with Tommy, uh, but we brought Kelvin back. So, you know, between the two of them this week, we'll see who gives us our best uh, chance and then uh, go from there. But I'm excited about both of them being here. I mean, it gives us definitely the depth moving forward that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, and either way we go, I'll feel confident that we'll get the job done. And you mentioned earlier the injuries on the D-line. Rakeem Cox comes in to try and help fill the gap there? Yeah, I mean, with Mike Moore going down, um, you know, he was it was one of the guys I said before the game I was excited about watching this year. He had, you know, transformed. I thought he, you know, had one of the best camps in Vegas, one of the best camps in training camp. I thought preseason, I was really excited to see Mike play this year and unfortunately didn't. It lasted about a half, I think, and then, uh, you know, uh, obviously devastating to lose him, but Rakeem Cox comes in and, you know, he's, he's an athlete. He's played all over the D-line for Saturday and you know we're hoping he can fill that void for us and uh, and do good things so we feel we're pretty strong on the D-line but I think he'll add another dimension and 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 give us what he has. Uh, 
you missed some key guys for the game in Winnipeg. You lost some key guys in the game in Winnipeg. Uh, you've brought in some replacements now. I know you've got some guys in the sixth game again. You get to the point where you're like, oh, my goodness, here we go again. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Brock and I both talked about it after the game. It's like this is kind of um, seems to be happening to us every game. It happened almost every game last year, and first game this year, it's the same way. Um, but again, we don't look at that as anything but opportunity for other players. Uh, we get excited about the other players we have. I know for a fact the guys that we had in there are players that I know when they come back, they'll contribute to us winning games. Um, and I'm, you know, I know they'll attack their their rehab like they attack the field so i know they'll come back um they, but the guys you got to move on you got to right now you got to focus on the guys that can play for you and get excited about them as well and keep that energy going and positive positive thinking going and i think that's what for guys that are new here the guys that are old here remind them very quickly it doesn't matter who's in there as a team we're a good team and when we play together and we do all the things right we're hard to beat and it doesn't matter who's in there doing it um, there's a set standard of play here and I think our guys uh, welcome that challenge that are new and, and and understand it really well it's really a good a sign of a real good organization you can you know the phrase I guess is plug and play you can just bring a guy in and put him in that position and because everything around him is so steady he can he can yeah, fit in and that's the men- successful still. Yeah, exactly. That's the mentality. And I think, again, having the continuity on our staffs, offense, defense, special teams, you have a lot of guys who think like our coaches right now and can coach up the players and understand the schemes we're putting in. So it's not just the coach telling them, it's players telling them as well. And I think that helps a new guy coming in. He uh, feels more comfortable when other players are saying the same things the coaches are saying. And, um, you know, we're obviously, and, and we're, we're good at doing it. We've adapted for a year and a, half, a year now and over a year. And, um, our guys are used to that happening, so no one's shocked by it. Everyone just says, okay, next guy up and let's go play, and, and I think that's important. And so often we've seen that next guy up step in and make a play, which is what it's all about for sure. Uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats coming here on Friday night. Uh, you can uh, head to uh, Ticketmaster, the Eskimos website, and get all your ticket information. Head to the Eskimos store as well. Uh, the 50-50 starts at $70,000 uh, on uh, Friday night, and you'll get some free 50-50 tickets when you arrive. Gates will open at 6 o'clock. Uh, the crowd is going to be big, uh, it looks like, for Friday. Uh, how does that affect you guys? I think it's great. I mean, it gives us juice it gives us energy i think we always expect uh when we're home we're always well supported and it doesn't matter how many people are there it always feels great the atmosphere feels great i think commonwealth's one of the best stadiums to play in our league uh but no question when the thing gets more filled um it's even more exciting to play in front of the people and uh you want to put on a great show so i think you'll see the juice is flying i think guys are going to have a lot of energy playing in this game they're excited about having the home opener here and we only get so many games to, to defend our turf and defend our home so this is one of them and i'm thankful that this many people seem like they're going to show up because i think they're in for a a good game. I think it's always the CFL's exciting brand of football. I think for the fans that have never gone to a game, you'll enjoy it. And for those that do, they know why they come back. And, and it's always a good a good atmosphere. I think our, our club does a great job of putting on a show. And then the players, uh, I think, do their part um, putting on that as well. 25 degrees on Friday is expected high, too, so it should be, uh, weather-wise, should be very nice. What do you know about the Hamilton Tiger Cats after watching one game? Well, I mean, that's hard. It's hard to to watch only one game and get a feel for them, but I do know, um, you know, defensively, they challenge you. 
Um, you know, Calgary was in se- 16 second and longs in that game. Yeah. So now you could look at that and say they missed a lot of things. They put themselves in second long, but at the end of the day, they put themselves in second and long 16 times. So that was Hamilton forcing that. So they challenge you up front. Our guys know on offense we got to beat them man to man. We got to do a good job protecting Mike, protecting the ball. Uh, on defense, our guys um, need to stop the vertical threat. They will protect their butts off and throw the ball deep when they need to. They got a lot of playmakers. They got really good receivers. Are smaller in stature than most of the guys in CFL, but they can move with the ball. They can get downfield. I think they have a very accurate quarterback who's tough. So they do that well. I think their special teams, Harlahu, um, just got done kicking a game winner in the Great Cup. So he's he's ice. Um, you know they have um, very dynamic special teams usually. They coming out of Hamilton, so they're a tough team. I mean, they took Hamilton or took Calgary, uh, gave them all they could have um, for three quarters of that game up to the very end, and then they kind of got away a little bit, but not much. And uh, so I expect uh, a good battle. I think they, uh, you know, they finished off the year strong, and it looks like they started this year strong. And I don't care about the score; I just watch the way they play, and they believe. So we're gonna have to go and play really good football. And uh, if we do that in all three phases and take care of business, you know, I like our chances like every week. But, uh, you know, it's going to be very important for us to, to get going early and, and maintain it throughout the game. Uh, 28-14 was the score in that game and kind of flattered the Calgary Stampeders. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, Hamilton and uh, the Eskimos Friday night. Coach, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that's Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. We'll be back uh, one week from tonight uh, with uh, the coach's show for Mitchner Allen Auctioneering to talk about the Eskimos and the Ticats. 8 o'clock uh, is uh, game time. We'll have the broadcast for you. We'll uh, sign on somewhere around 6.30 or so. We've got NHL draft coverage from Dallas starting at 4 o'clock on Friday, and we'll transition into football after the Oilers make their pick. That's it for me. Good night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 5.30 a.m. on the 6.30 Ched Morning News.